Today's episode is brought to you by the Sounds in Cinema podcast. Everything sequel contains explicit language. And why the fudge not, you melon farmer? Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is the Halloween edition. We are pitching sequels. My name is Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards, and joining me in this pitch fest is Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Hello, Tom. I just love barbaric men. <laughs> with a Halloween five for you there. That's fantastic. God bless you, Tina. Also uh, reminds me of the phone call into Barry Sims in Halloween six. What she says, like, oh, I just love him. He's so unkept or something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> Great. In the producer's cut, um, there's a caller who talks about Michael Myers being from space. Yeah which was a a reference to the fact that John Carpenter's um, ironic or not original pitch for Halloween 6 when it looked like he was going to get the rights back uh, along with New Line Cinema was Michael Myers Goes Into Space. Oh, wow. So no one can tell if he's being serious or not. They would have been ahead of the game for, for Jason. <laughs> And machete in space, if indeed that ever yeah. happens. Yeah. Well, All right, just, ladies and gentlemen. That just shows like John Carpenter wanted to come back to the possibly wanted to come back to the franchise to make just to Michael put him in Myers outer in space. space. Yeah, that's great. And terrible. <laughs> and terrible. Yeah. <laughs> He's not good in space. Carpenter no. is not good in space. <laughs> right. Oh, I guess Dark, right. Dark Star is the exception. Yeah. I mean, Ghosts of Mars. I'm thinking of Ghosts of Mars. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the one you're thinking of. Right? Yes, of course it is. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are here to pitch sequels. Tom. Mike. You alluded <laughs> in our last episode, right? Oh, did I? You alluded to something. I mentioned I, I mentioned that there might be the possibility that we see Michael Myers have his day in court. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> I, if you turn it into a courtroom drama, I'm gonna fall in love with you. I didn't. Damn it! But uh, that is not unrelated to my 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 pitch. Well, uh, how how did it go for you? It was interesting. <laughs> I don't think we've ever faced so many obstacles yeah. on a picture sequel. I've referenced this before, but the book Taking Shape 2 is a like 200, no, like a 400 page book of just unmade, you know, charting the history of unmade Halloween sequels. Oh, wow. So, um, 
this this franchise already has a legacy of unmade sequels that we're that we're adding to. <laughs> so I hope we get in that book, yeah. second edition. <laughs> <laughs> like li- lit- literally every avenue of this franchise has been explored. Um, yeah. So there's that, you know, there's that to contend with. There's also Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers and its producers cut. Right. Uh, because. And I actually think focusing on the theatrical cut helps us because so much is left on the table Right. In that movie not having an ending for us to pick up. Whereas if you you know, if we were if we were following up from the producer's cut, you would once again be saddled with a lot of bullshit, uh cliffhanger stuff to pick up. As we discussed, neither of us really understand what happened in that ending, but it was right. an ending and the yeah. next movie would probably have to speak to it in some form. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, we don't know what happened when Loomis went back into Smith's Grove. Right. Other than him screaming. He might have seen a mouse. <laughs> well, for all we know, he saw the mask and the green blood and was like, oh, mercy. Look, look how badly <laughs> William Shatner's aged. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but both are potentially... Because this, again, the tradition of this... One of the traditions of this series is that the last movie fucks over the next guy who has to take the films directorially. And I think, luckily, the theatrical cut of Halloween Did you include that? Huh? Did you include a fuck for the next movie? I don't even know if I got that far into the movie. Okay. I would be... I think... I don't know if it's a good idea to fuck over the next guy. Of course it's not a good idea. But it seems to be the legacy of these movies. It's the legacy of these movies, but it's kind of an unwanted legacy. It led to Halloween 5 and Halloween 6. That's true. Um, You know, and if you look at Halloween, tease up Halloween 2 perfectly. Of course. um, And... (laughs) (laughs) How do I argue my way out of this? (laughs) Halloween... Well, okay, I'll say this. Halloween 4 has the right approach to ignoring enough of Halloween 2 to make Halloween 4 work. Right. You know, so either you ignore or you uh, you just pick up right from there. Um, which is kind of what I've done, actually. Well, let me hear it. You want me to start? You are the well, bigger Halloween fan. Before we start, oh, I should probably tell you, I did do two. A producer's cut? No. You have a producer's cut for your picture sequel? I have a, <laughs> I have a, what I would have done with Halloween 5 and oh. a Halloween 7. Okay. Oh, I, I think you got to go first then. I want to hear so what you... So what would... if I did my Halloween 5 first? Yes. And then you go... Yeah. And then I'll do mine. Does that sound I, I, right? can't, I can't imagine how you'd make Halloween 5 better, so I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. <laughs> According to you, that's how I feel. It's not actually how I feel. <laughs> that, did, that did elicit the laugh 
that I think you wanted. And 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 stuck me a little bit. <laughs> Appropriately. I unfairly characterized you as a Halloween 5 lover. I was just arguing that, you know, a man could that man could direct a movie if he wanted to, he just chose not to. All right. Here's what I did. Mm. For starters, I'm just keeping the same title, even though there's not a revenge. I'll give him that. <laughs> if so I, so far, I it really do? is a producer's cut. You're not solving any of the so, problems here. So far, I would, I would say Halloween 5, The Revenge, cut it right there. Okay. All right? Yeah, that's good. All right. Already a good change. Jamie is, of course, at Smith's Grove. Right. She's got the vacant, staring at the wall, staring past the wall, staring to this night kind of stare going on. Does she turn into Mrs. B in your version? No, she does not. (laughs) It's two years after she attacked and killed her mother. They've had two years to make the movie. It's already better. Right. So, it's been two years. Loomis has been trying to reach her for two years. Hmm. And he's struggling to reach her. Yeah. Pataki. Hmm. Nice. Is in this movie as well. Good. There is still this antagonistic relationship between him and Loomis. Love it. And he does not, for a second, need... 25 more years of him saying a new person is evil. (laughs) So he's not having it. Right. You won't see it, but there's going to be reference to uh, somewhere around a year in, Jamie attacked a nurse. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, Loomis starts to get the idea that Jamie is gone, but not lost. Like, he could get Jamie back. Hmm. And what he needs is Rachel. Okay. He finds Rachel in Haddonfield at the grave of her mother Hmm. with her new boyfriend. You get a lot of exposition out of the way here. It's funny because I immediately wanted to correct you then before I realized that that she did die (laughs) in Halloween 4. Wait, what? <laughs> I wanted to because oh, Halloween oh, yeah, 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 because yeah. Halloween five exists in the world. About... I wanted to say no, she survived. <laughs> <laughs> no, she died. That's where Michael's picking up from. She died. Right. So Loomis. So Loomis goes. Uh, you know, the narrative reason, not that it's a big thing, but he he goes to. Rachel's house. Mm-hmm. Her father's there. Her father tells her where she is. Um, not that you're going to see any of that, but that's how he finds her at the at the uh, cemetery. Okay. She's there with her new boyfriend, staring at the headstone of her mother. Loomis appears. Mm-hmm. He's like, "I need you." Mm. She says, "I do not want to help you. I I haven't seen Jamie." In two years, what would make you think I'd want to see her now? 
all the stuff that we talked about in <laughs> Halloween 5 that wasn't there, that was just like not discussed, it's not a problem, she stabbed her mom, will be this, you know, a focal point. Right. Loomis is at this point kind of begging her, I can get her back, but I, I have to have you. And she just kind of flat out says no. Wow. Meeker shows up. Mm-hmm. Happened to be driving by. She's <laughs> Loomis. He's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And he said, I'm just here to blah, 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 blah. Like, it's it's a it's a doctor patient thing. It's not a Michael Myers <laughs> thing. He goes, good, because we don't need you in this town. <laughs> now, meanwhile, well, I I might have even got ahead of myself because I was I was wrestling with like a cold open mm. of doing the sequel thing of you see basically the way Halloween five starts where you see the end. Yeah. Instead of dynamite down the uh, down the hatch, down the mine, da- yeah. down the mine shaft. Uh, I was thinking of like you kind of see the cars leaving, everything leaving, mm-hmm. um, so basically to to intimate that that uh, the sheriff and Donald Pleasance has ta- have taken the kids home to their parents because right. you have that scene at the end of four where they're like, My, you know, Michael Myers is dead. It's where he belongs. Mm-hmm. So that they're just it just shows that that they're gone. Yeah, but you have. You have, you know, deputies like looking down into the shaft and like have somebody down go down on a rope trying mm-hmm. to look for the body. No body. Mm. And they just never tell anybody. <laughs> Are these the clown cops from uh, no. Halloween 5? Well, you either... When they descend, does it go... Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> well, the choice is... Because I got to justify why they're saying Michael Myers is dead at the end of Halloween 4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like it. That's why. You can have... See, idiot cops are a great plot function. Yeah. (laughs) You just don't need the clown car sound. At any rate, at this point, you get now more of Rachel and her new boyfriend. And her boyfriend is talking to her. And he's like, you know, you've already told me that you felt guilty about not seeing Jamie... Why didn't you go? And she's like, I don't think I can. I don't think I can do it. I don't think Mm. I want to. She killed my mother. Yeah. And he said, yeah, but if she's not all the way gone and you could help, like, don't you think you should? So anyway, you're going to have this moment. Pataki is mad at Loomis. He's like, I don't want any of this shit anymore. And in the middle of their argument, Rachel shows up. Mm Mm-hmm. So you're going to have scenes of her actually talking with Jamie. Jamie starts to like something comes of her visiting. Okay. Right then, Pataki is like, Loomis, I'm going to do anything I can to fire you. You're done. (laughs) I'm going home. By by the end of the week, I'm going to have you out of here. He's attacked and killed by Michael Myers. Whoa. Michael Myers gets into Smith's Grove. Yeah. And, but we're not going to stay there the whole time. But (laughs) we're not going to stay in the hospital. (laughs) So long story long, they're going to escape. They're going to come back to Haddonfield. They're going to be chased by Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. 
in the end, both Loomis... Well, with Loomis, we'll probably do the Loomis appears to be killed but isn't. Yeah. <laughs> so he's probably attacked by Michael Myers, mm-hmm. stabbed, uh, bludgeoned, <laughs> axed to the head, thrown through a window, but somehow he'll live. Lands on but, some mouse traps. Yeah, but who do who does die is Rachel. Oh, but at the end of the movie. At the end of the movie, to sacrifice for mm. Jamie. Jamie, in that moment, kind of... I, the only thing that makes me uncomfortable is the clear allusion to uh, Friday the 13th Part 4. The Corey Feldman die, 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 die. Yeah. But she's going to get a knife, and she'll be on top of Michael and be stabbing and stabbing and stabbing and stabbing and stabbing until he's not moving. Right. Which is when Meeker shows up. Mm-hmm. He sees her standing over his body, knife in hand, blood all over the place. She just says, Sheriff, cut to black, roll credits. Is that the first time she's spoken in the movie, or are you dispensing with the mute? I'm dispensing with the no talking. Okay. But she wasn't really talking until Rachel showed up. Right. So that's my Halloween 5. Yeah. That, That works. Not too shabby. Not too shabby at all, no. I thought you were going to say, I did think you were, she, your Sheriff Miko would come in and see her uh, stabbing Michael and go, all right, you're free to go. <laughs> and she's just let loose to kill Out of here. serial killers across the country. Right. Mm. Well, so, and, and that's that, Halloween that's, 6. I, what I'm all, all I'm trying to set up is it looked like Jamie was on the path to becoming Jamie again. Hmm. And it's, you know, it's ba- basically, it's just like, worst, you know, it's the end of Halloween 4 again. Like, is she yeah. evil now? Is she, or does That's she it. just dispense with the evil and is she okay? You've spent, a, you've spent an entire movie to get to the point that the real Halloween 5 begins. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which is what they should have done. <laughs> All right. So it's like Halloween 4 and a half. There you go. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. Okay. Uh, I'm excited you... for. Huh? I'm excited for these Halloween sevens. Uh, don't get too excited. Um, <laughs> clearly, you were more worried about infringing on the uh, Friday the Thirteenth copyright than I was <laughs> when I wrote this pitch, because the title of my Halloween sequel is Halloween Seven. Michael In Manhattan. Go- hmm. In Manhattan. Halloween 7, Michael Goes to Heaven. (laughs) Like all dogs? Or, I guess the elephant... The elephant in the title is Jason Goes to Hell. Right. (laughs) Jason Goes to Hell, Michael Goes to Heaven, Freddy Goes to Purgatory. Um, Or is is he in Purgatory? It's uh, so so this is going to be a, it's not his fault curse of thorn story. Your honor <laughs> set this man free. Uh yes and no. Yes and this no. This whole court is out of order. Right. So we pick up from the theatrical ending to Halloween the curse of Michael Myers. Mhm. Um with 
will probably show uh, Loomis going back into the um back into Smith's Grove after uh saying goodbye to Kara and Tommy and little Danny. And he goes back into Smith Grove to find Michael Myers laying out on the floor and on top and standing over him Reverend Jack Sayer. <laughs> and um um we get the Luma scream that ends um that ends Halloween the curse of Michael Myers that we heard in audio form only. Because he sees that Reverend Jack Sayer is exercising a demon from Michael Myers. And Reverend Jack Sayer says, I've been I've been hunting for this demon for years. <laughs> and when I met you, you set me on the right road, and I finally found him. And Loomis, terrified, says, Don't let that demon get out of him! You don't know where it's gonna go! Hence his screaming. Right. And, uh, you know, Loomis, who, you know, is is immediately thrown back into his uh, Halloween 4 to 5 persona, uh, pulls a gun, shoots Reverend Jack Sayer to try and prevent the exorcism happening. And, but it's too late and you can... He finally goes full rogue. Yeah. Shoots, shoots Reverend Jack Sayer dead. But the demon is gone from Michael Myers. The uh, Cult of Thorn uh, curse, which is now a demon. And that's fine, you know. We never really knew what it was anyway, so I'm making it a demon. There you go. Um, we see, Within the same cold open, we see a uh, young teenage girl working... Um, at a homeless shelter nearby, nearby Smith's Grove. And she's, uh, she's just, she's been in the soup kitchen all night. She's got all her kitchen knives and things, taking them back home. She's waiting for her father to pick her up, but he's not there. So she's standing outside in the dark in a not too good area of Smith's Grove town land. <laughs> <laughs> Illinois. Um, <laughs> and uh, she's set upon by uh, by a couple of street thugs who are, you know, potential rapists, muggers. Um, as they approach her, the demon that inhabited Michael Myers enters her body. And we can show this through the Cult of Thorn tattoo. Can make that work for us finally. <laughs> and she immediately pulls out one of the kitchen knives she used in the soup kitchen that she just came from and stabs them all to death. Damn. At that very second, her father arrives. Her father, who is the local priest in Smith's Grove Townville. <laughs> Saint. Saint. You heard me. Saint Smithson Grove. Um, so he arrives and he sees what he sees what's happening and being religious he understands like he he has a sense of she's been possessed by a demon 
we suggest that we strongly suggest. I don't know how you would do it dramatically that she's gonna um, that he's gonna cover up her crime. He takes it away. He wipes the knife off. Whatever. However you want to suggest it. Okay. <laughs> time lapse. A year. You and your time lapses. We do the time lapse with the titles, which are like newspaper. It's like a. It's the soup kitchen where she where she was, and someone's making pumpkin soup, and they're cutting up the pumpkin on newspapers, and the newspaper clippings are telling us that Michael Myers has been brought to trial. We sort of see a, like a montage of newspaper clippings which show that show two things. They show that Michael has gone to trial, sentenced to death, and is now on death row. While parallel to this, Dr. Loomis has had his book about Michael Myers published, and it's now a bestseller. Oh. Okay? So the next time... We're we... in similar territory. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. So the next thing we see, it's like a year, year and a half later. Actually, no. It has to be Halloween, doesn't it? So... Let's do a year. Let's do a, a a year. A year later, yeah. Why? Why stop now? Um, <laughs> a year later, Michael is visiting. Uh, sorry, Doctor Loomis is visiting Michael on death row. Michael now is a real human being. He he is literally the demon has been removed from him. He talks. He understands. Uh, he can he can relate. He's read all the books about him, and that's all he knows about the crimes he's committed. And he's read Loomis's book, and Loomis, you know, Loomis uh, talks to him, and he understands that he was possessed by a demon, and it's gone. It's gone to heaven. <laughs> no, the demon's gone. He's and um and. Michael's Michael so said, you know, I read all these books about me, all these newspaper articles, and you're the only one who has different information. You're the only one who said that I didn't kill those um, those street thugs near Smith's Grove. That that was you know that was part of part of the list of crimes. But you said I didn't do that, and you said that the demon was exercised for me, and it passed into someone else, and they did it. And Loomis says, oh, they wouldn't let me publish that part. <laughs> um, so what he'd actually given to Michael was a proof, an unpublished proof of the book. And no one in the, you know, in the wider world knows that, that, that because the publisher didn't think it would go over well because it absolved Michael of all blame. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, he, he says to Michael, he says, you know, I believe you're innocent now and you shouldn't be going to death row and I've tried to stop your execution happening, but it's going to happen. Um, and he gives him, you know, he gives him a cigarette. He says, you know, I, um, he says, I understand these are currency in here. And um, <laughs> he said, beware, these have an odd scent. And what he's given him is like a cyanide cigarette out of Dr. No, uh, the movie Dr. No. And allows Michael to sort of commit suicide before he's executed in his cell. Because of he understands course. Michael is innocent. James Bond rears its ugly head. But <laughs> but he makes Michael a promise that he will track down the demon that's inside him. And, and find who the new host for his demon is. And stop them. And he's already, he's already started his detective work. And the next scene is uh, we, we see Michael kind of ascending to heaven like an angel. Um, 
David Lynch style. <laughs> and then oh and then we go to uh we Big go swings. to we go to the local parish of St Smith's of Groveville land and <laughs> the dad that we saw covering up the crime who Loomis through a you know process of detection has discovered was there at the murder scene and covered up the crime and you know he said he's like well you know who committed the murder and and you know he finally admits it was my daughter he said this and i understand what's happened i understand that she's possessed by a demon but um what we've done what i've done is i've i've put uh taken her to a monastery that my brother runs out in the out in the um the wild roaming hills of St. Smith's and Grovenland. Um, and she's, you know, she's living like she's in a prison, basically. It's like, she's my daughter. I can't, I can't kill her. I can't exercise this demon. Um, so she's just living under seclusion in this monastery. And it's the day before Halloween. And so Loomis realized it's like, and he said, she's under control, you know, she hasn't done anything in this whole time. She hasn't even uttered a word. She's not shown no violent impulse. And Loomis realizes, yeah, because it's Halloween, you know, Halloween is coming up and that's when they kill. So he rushes out, drives out to this monastery. And then the rest of the movie is like a kind of haunted house. Um, uh, this, this young girl who, um, I don't know what we want to call her. Michaela. (laughs) because <laughs> it has to has to like the demon has to find itself that host that has well, yeah, uh, it's some, dependent on the name a name name derived it's got to be michael derivative yes exactly um <laughs> and it's can loomis get there in time you know how many monks is she gonna kill is she gonna get out of her seclusion so it's loomis and the priest versus michaela uh, Loomis and the Priest sounds like a good '80s cop show. Yeah, in this secluded monastery, in in a kind of rural Smithsville Grove. <laughs> and yeah, that's a, that's as far as that's as far as I got. All right. Uh, because I didn't want to fuck All over. Right. The, I didn't want to fuck over the next guy, and uh, they gun you know, if they got any sense, they'll ignore me anyway. Yeah, oh, you fucked over the next guy. I did. Michael Myers goes to heaven. Yeah, you're you're announcing there will be no more There's Michael Myers. Michaela Myers now. Perfect. You know, there's I a female doc. There's a female Doctor Who. There's a female Captain Marvel. It's time for Michaela Myers. <laughs> so you go to have her time to shine. <laughs> well done. All right. My follow-up to Halloween, parentheses six, open parentheses six, close parentheses, the curse of Michael Myers. Strap in. Yeah. Halloween seven, millennium. Okay. Halloween six took place in 1995. Yes. We are in in October. Of the year 2000. Right. We are going to open in the same store 
that Jamie got her costume from in Halloween 4. The store that has everything. The store that has everything, now called Wade's Store. Okay. Wade is the guy who's told to fuck off. Oh, that's right. <laughs> this is this is his place now. A little Easter egg. Wade got his <laughs> Wade got his revenge. Yeah. There was no revenge for Michael Myers, but Wade got his revenge. You gotta on... get that actor back. <laughs> he got his revenge on the female gender. There now they have to come to him to get their sanitary products. <laughs> so <laughs> it's uh we're gonna open in the store and you're gonna see him milling about and some lady's gonna uh walk past alone we'll call Michael Myers mask and mm-hmm. she's gonna say, This makes me sick. Like, how could you sell this mask? And he's going to say, it was shipped to us on accident. Uh, We only got the one. I'm just trying to get rid of it. And she said, just throw it away. And he's like, you know, I got to do this. Or, well, it can't be one because we'll have to say he had to buy a lot, you know. So he's trying to get rid of him. mm -hmm. This is the last one. Mm, She walks out in a huff and... Suddenly, a man that you can only see from shoulders down at best is walking through the store, and people are seeing his face and not liking what they see. They're like, ooh. (laughs) Like Halloween 4, you're going to see a hand grab that mask, and he's going to start walking out, but he does this right in front of Wade, Mm. and he sees that he's grabbed the mask, and he's walking straight back towards the front door. But his back was turned when he actually grabbed the mask. So now my, you know, this mm-hmm. this figure, the shape, has, has has turned his back to him and is walking back out, and he's just kind of watching him. And he goes, "Excuse me, hey, hey, where are you going? Excuse me, you gotta you gotta buy that." And all of a sudden, he kind of starts jogging towards him, and he kind of loudly says, "Hey!" And then the figure turns around and he sees what he's seeing in this face. No words spoken. You don't. You don't. As the audience, see the face. Yeah. You just see his reaction to it's it, a and he's good choice. He just says, "Keep it." I thought you were gonna say Michael is gonna break his silence, and his first words were gonna be, "Wade, fuck off." <laughs> fuck off, Wade. That'd be great. That would be great. But what you are gonna see is him turn around. Right when he's at the front door, he's just going to put the mask on and he's going to start walking out. And Wade kind of follows him to the front door and watches him walking away. Mm. And you're going to see all the people looking at this man in the mask like, what a dick. You're an asshole. What (laughs) kind of person does that? Too Too soon. soon. (laughs) Guy driving by in the car is going to be like, fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) Wade's going to come back to to the counter and... She's going to say, you know, the person working with him is going to say, um, why'd you let him go? And he's going to say, did you see that guy? And she said, <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. And he's going to say, for all I know, that is Michael Myers. Uh... Title card, <laughs> Halloween 7 Millennium. We're off to the races. All right. <laughs> That's our cold open. It's good. It's very good. Uh, where we're going to be is... Tommy Doyle. Shades of Rise of the Machines. <laughs> Your love of the Rise of the Machines. <laughs> hey, this is very similar to how right. Arnie gets his clothes in that movie. 
<laughs> well, Tommy Doyle and Kara Strode, they are a couple now. Mm. Tommy is a best-selling author. <laughs> okay. Kara is a psychiatrist, because that's uh, what she was studying, right? Yeah, yeah, psychology, absolutely. Psychology, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So he has written the definitive book instead of, in your uh, movie, Loomis. Right. He has written the definitive book on Michael Myers. It was a runaway bestseller. Mm-hmm. He's about to bring down his second book, mm. which is going to explain more about the Curse of Thorn, the ruins, what the stars have to tell us, the legends. And the legend is going to be that Michael Myers can be killed, but only at the turn of the century. Oh. In the dawn of a new millennium. Mm-hmm. So right. at a book signing, people are going to be asking him questions. They're going to be like, so what's going to happen? Are you going to do this? And he said, well, I've contacted the authorities in Haddonfield. Uh, if Michael is ever going to show his face again, it's uh, it's going to be this year. Oh, I al- I almost forgot. During our title sequence, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and not use our time machine. I'm gonna respect Donald Pleasant's death and say he's not in this movie. We're gonna see. We're gonna well, that's see a like first. news. <laughs> no, respecting news- Donald Pleasant's death in this franchise. That's a first. <laughs> We're gonna see uh, newspaper articles, kind of like Halloween H two O style. Hmm. Of, uh, you know, Dr. Loomis missing, Dr. Loomis presumed dead. He's just mm-hmm. never seen again. Michael Myers, not to be found. Michael Myers on the loose. Yeah. Four years in a row of Haddonfield, no Michael Myers. Blah, 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 blah. Um, Now, because it's five years later, Kara's son should be in the neighborhood of 1516. Yeah. Oh, well, it could could literally be any age with this franchise, so... True. You don't need to respect to, that. I'm, choo- I'm choosing <laughs> to respect that. And the small boy that they took with them, Jamie's child, is going to oh, be yeah. five. <laughs> I totally forgot about that kid. Yeah. So they have taken on raising this child, and the child's five years old. Mm. The authorities in Haddonfield will not get back to Tommy. And lo and behold, the person, one person that shows up at his book signing is Lindsay Wallace. Yeah. And she's going to say, I think it has to be us. Hmm. So they're going to go back to Haddonfield. Kara doesn't like this. She says, I'm not going without you or you're not going without me. But they also don't want to leave their children yeah. At home, so everybody goes to Haddonfield. Hmm. And basically, they're going to put the kids up in a big hotel. I have a big set piece of Michael getting into the hotel. Hmm. Chasing them, because we haven't seen a hotel in the series yet. No, that's right. So Michael's <laughs> killing people in the hotel. A good chunk of this movie's going to take place in the hotel. That's funny. And we're both exploiting buildings that have yet to appear 
right monastery <laughs> and exactly, hotel exactly so uh suffice to say by the end michael's in an airport right right <laughs> tommy cara and Lindsay. Lindsay will probably die but tommy and cara are going to back to real housewives in yeah exactly killing michael myers newspaper articles now he's a hero michael myers is wheeled out mm. he's at another book signing the movie's gonna end with a book signing and everybody's gonna be applauding him and this is great and wonderful and then somebody's gonna stand up and he's gonna say now didn't you say in your book that michael myers can only be killed at the start of a new millennium no and he's going to say, yeah. And he's going to go, well, the new millennium doesn't oh, no. start until the next year. And he's going to look up. Michael Myers is at the window. He's going to be like, everybody get out of here. Cut to black. <laughs> so so this is this is your narrative twist is an adaptation of the uh the Newmanium episode of Seinfeld. Exactly. It's when Newman just, books Newman books the wrong date. Stupid enough for this franchise. <laughs> oh. Come All on. right. You love it. Yeah, I think I do. I do love it very much. That's a delight. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michael Myers is alive at the end of yours. Indeed he is. And not in heaven. <laughs> I chose not to send Michael Myers to heaven. Thank you. Hasn't he suffered enough? <laughs> I want Michael Myers to go on. It's and then funny. I also, yeah. like, I couldn't decide, like... Uh, is it, you know, a day or two later when this is happening? Or is it the next Halloween mm. when he's giving that final speech? Either, you know, so it's like if it's a day or two later, <laughs> it's not Halloween anymore. But <laughs> it took you know. again, it took it took them a year to remember that they had the wrong year. Exactly. Well, that's true. You know, you don't uh, people do things late. <laughs> but by then it would be 2001 yeah so we could start all over um interesting that you've got tommy and uh lindsay yeah like the new um halloween kills mm-hmm. and i thought it was it's kind of hilarious There's something we've been charting throughout this throughout doing this series is like halloween kills you know tells the story of the halloween um, series better than the originals. Who are we bringing back? Tommy Doyle. Right. <laughs> and we're adding Lindsay Wallace. How could we not? Yeah. Mistakes, whoop mistakes. <laughs> just just hilarious. I'm so surprised that Paul... I mean, Paul Rudd could still play Tommy Doyle, couldn't he? Totally. You know, Anthony Michael Hall, I'm sure, will be excellent, but could still be Paul Rudd. I love that choice, though. Well, he's an amazing actor who's I never love quite Anthony got Michael his Hall. Yeah. yeah, we need more of him in our lives. It's just a shame they couldn't get the original guy. Right. Considering they... Didn't they try? Yeah, they did try, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, clearly, if you're going to cast, you know, if you're going to have a 
a reality star leading your movie. They obviously care more about authenticity than talent. <laughs> I was very worried when I saw that trailer with her running into the playground at night. Right. It's like she's looking around for our latte. <laughs> I don't know how to I don't know how to do this without Andy Cohen looking at me. Anyway, we'll see. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you decide what you like best. Which yeah. sequel would you like to see? If you I'll like also, Tom's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Michael Myers goes to heaven. Halloween Seven. Michael Myers goes to heaven. I know. Sorry, my bad. No, it's, it's a rhyme too. Halloween Seven, Michael Myers. Goes Some would to say just a rhyme, but you know, <laughs> or even Buster rhymes. What? what? Uh, I suppose you have two to choose for from me. By well, all maybe, means, maybe I'll uh, uh, when I put the poll up. Maybe I'll just I'll give the choice of sequels, and I'll I'll give it, there'll be an additional. Uh, do you want Michael to remake Halloween Five as well? There you go. That's the way we'll do it. So you'll you'll get a sense of like whether people just liked your sequel or whether people want would wish you have to be more, in... more control over the Halloween series. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, you tell us. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Please send us an email to everythingsequel at gmail.com for Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Michael Schantz here of the How Dare You Awards. We'll be coming at you next time with a brand new series. I think we're kind of excited about it, don't you? I could not be more excited. I know. If you, if you, just think of. Other than James Bond, think of the, <laughs> the series that has the most references in this podcast. You'll that be is, able to figure it out. That is not Terminator. True. All well, right. I only, really, I only really mention Rise of the Machines. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that of those two sequels, of those th- uh, you know, that first trilogy, the one you always mention is Rise of the Machines. You have nothing to say about Terminator 2. I've, I've, nev- I've never been more off the critical consensus than I have been about that movie. <laughs> All right. Say goodbye, Tom. <sighs> Where do you want to sleep, Dr. Chalice? <laughs> That's not part of this movie. So? Part of the best Halloween sequel. No, you've got that wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So wrong it's right. Like Halloween 3. Yeah, you've gathered me, you've got me onto your side on that one. Anyway, this is Derek Smith from Stonehenge. (laughs) So long, everybody. If you like podcasts like I do, boy, do I have a treat for you. You need to stay on target and check out the Sounds and Cinema podcast. 
Listen as your host, sound designer and music creator, Tony Parham, and co-host, musical performer and sound lover, Derek Hansen, D-Rock if you're nasty, and I am, discuss all things sound-related to film, television, stage, and theatrical productions. They discuss environmental sounds, bioacoustics, dialogue, the nature of communication through sound, but as an added bonus, they drink beer and try to... Stay on target! Find them wherever you get your podcasts and listen to the pure mania of a man who can charitably be described as Doug the Dog from Up and another man with a soothing and sultry voice trying to get that man to... Stay on target! That's the Sounds and Cinema Podcast. Tune in and listen to the sounds they are creating just for you.